0: Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is the 8th of August. It's Thursday. I'm really glad to have you here. I wanted to talk today about someone who's been a hero of mine since the early 90s, and that's Lenny Bruce. When I was in college in the early 90s, I discovered in the record collection vault of the college radio station an album called Thank You, Masked Man, and my friend Mike and I had a show called The Waldo and Lobby Show. I was Waldo. He was Lobby for reasons that will not be made clear on this podcast. And we would just shove anything on there that we could find. Music and comedy and our own commentary, whatever it happened to be. We found this album called Thank You, Mass Man. And on it, it had a track called Captain Wackencracker, which was Lenny Bruce as a children's TV show host who had his own line, you know, kind of like a... I don't know, maybe like kind of a, a howdy doody show kind of thing. But Captain Wackencracker, the central character, had his own line of cereal. But the cereal, instead of a prize, uh, a toy, it came with cigarettes in the bottom. And so Captain Wackencracker coughed all the way through the sketch. And then he would, you know, get the kids to come close to the TV and you know, reach down in the bottom and get those cigarettes and light them up. At the time that we were in college, maybe still now, I don't know, but in 1992, which was the 1992 to 93 was the only school year for which I was in college. At that time, there was a national smokeout day, a, an attempt to kind of heighten awareness around smoking and get, get people to quit. And we discovered this Captain Wackencracker sketch just before National Smokeout Day, and of course, you know, we were 18 or 19 or whatever we were, and that's the kind of humor playing a track off a record with a guy coughing and encouraging kids to smoke on a national day, encouraging people not to smoke. That's exactly the kind of humor that you expect on a college radio station. And not to disappoint, we played it. That was how I discovered Lenny Bruce. However, it was the early 1990s in the era before the Internet, and there was no really easy way to find out very much more about him. Uh, it wasn't like I had access to YouTube videos to Spotify to any of that kind of stuff where you know now if you want to hear Lenny Bruce, you can hear hours and hours and hours of his material for free. But back in those days, this re- one record was all I had access to. I listened to it a lot and then I went to we we did actually have, this was back in the era when there still were record stores. This is <laughs> sounding very much like a episode of the show recorded by your grandfather. But anyway, this was back in the era when there were actual record stores and we had one in Potsdam, New York where I went to college and I went and found that just uh I think right around that time, maybe a year or two before, Frank Zappa had released a 1-hour performance of Lenny's called The Berkeley Concert. And this was recorded uh at Berkeley in California and it was A show that dell It was after Lenny had kind of stopped doing his sketches and themed bits and had really evolved his comedy in reaction to one of the reasons that he is a very heroic figure for me. I love his comedy, period. I love the way he thinks. I love the way he talks. I love the way he structures jokes. I love the way he does entire things that have no structured jokes in them. I... Just I just adore him as a performer and a thinker. But one of the things I came to really respect about him was the fact that he was also a, a pretty fearless pusher of boundaries. Lenny Bruce was prosecuted throughout much of his career for obscenity because he used words on stage that at the time were not allowed and talked about concepts that were not allowed. And often he would perform shows where the police were just standing right there waiting to arrest him. And there are multiple recorded episodes uh, that you can find online where Lenny's shows are interrupted by him being arrested and walked off stage. It got so that it was hard for him to get work because club owners were just too afraid of the legal ramifications of hiring Lenny to perform by the time of the Berkeley concert and his later shows that are on record as Live at the Curran Theater is another great example he had really made his shows into these funny legal discourses he became a real scholar on the idea of free speech and obscenity law and over time, I you know, kind of akin to George Carlin, who when he's and George Carlin is a direct descendant, direct next generation descendant of Lenny Bruce. Uh George Carlin, if you listen to his very early records, there's a lot of, you know, wonderful wino and that kind of thing where he's doing Sketches that are completely formed, you know, from beginning to end. His jokes are pretty written out as well, obviously, you know, thought out. He's not he's not improvising on stage. But these are things like, you know, parodies of a radio station or parodies of the TV news, and things like that. And then over time, as George Carlin kind of grew his hair and his beard out and started to think about things in a different way, his shows became much more political and much less about these little self-contained segments. Well, that's the same with Lenny, except to a much greater degree, because unlike George Carlin, Lenny spent most of his career—he wasn't very old when he died—he spent most of his career battling legal authorities, literally for the right to stand on stage and do his job, which was telling jokes about whatever it was he wanted to tell jokes about. Through his actions— he has largely paved the way for the generations of comedy that came after him uh, not solely by himself there were certainly other people who were involved there too but i think of him as kind of the standard bearer for this idea that you can just get up and talk about whatever you want and nobody can stop you no matter how hard they try and they tried really hard now Eventually, he did die um, of a drug overdose, and certainly he had drug problems throughout a lot of his career. But it's hard for me not to draw a line between the fact that he spent you know, the, the bulk of his career being persecuted fairly viciously across the United States as he tried to do his job with the fact that he had an increasing dependency on drugs and uh, you know, some despondency and depression issues and things like that. As I said, when I first discovered Lenny Bruce, it was hard to find anything by him. It isn't anymore. If you're a Spotify person, you can just type Lenny Bruce into Spotify and you'll find hours and hours of material. Uh, the Berkeley concert that I mentioned is on there. I think I think both Live at the Current Theater and Live at Carnegie Hall are on there. Uh, two collections of his kind of classic shorter bits, uh, of which I really want to highlight the Palladium concert, which is amazing. It's very easy to find his stuff. There's an incredible box set called Let the Buyer Beware. It's, I think, six CDs and contains tons of amazing material. And I really encourage you to check him out. Now, it takes a little while. If you're not a student of, you know, the 50s and 60s history, he'll make a lot of references that you might not get. And that's fine. A lot of his humor, you know, it's the references help but it's not just dependent on that you know he mentions actors and stuff from bygone eras and if you don't know who they are then maybe that part's not as exactly as funny but it's it's Lenny overall that to me is the the masterpiece it's it's the entire collection of his work and the evolution he underwent as he campaigned fearlessly for his own right and the larger right of society to talk about the difficult things. As he always said, uh, a knowledge of syphilis is not an instruction to get it. We need to hear about all the bad stuff so that we know how to deal with it. And for years in any studio I set up to record my stuff, I had this postcard that I found of Lenny Bruce and I framed that was always the one thing in every studio space that I ever made. Uh, Unfortunately, I since lost it at a time when I lost everything I owned, but I've I've just I've loved Lenny since I was a teenager. I love him still. I just listened to the Berkeley concert as recently as last night, and uh, that's actually a great place to start if you've never heard Lenny before. It's it's not a bunch of short sketches. It's a little longer, and you kind of got to stick with it. But uh, it's a kind of a beautiful expression of a person who just wanted to stand up and speak his truth. And I find that on a show like this one, where It's really all about figuring out how to live an authentic life that, for me, Lenny Bruce is a great role model. The 53rd anniversary of Lenny's death passed uh, just a few days ago on the 3rd of July, and uh, even though he was never alive for a single second of my life, I still miss him and have just taken so much pleasure and learned so much from listening to him over the years. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find everything about this show at abriefchat.com, including how to support it. We've already got our first Patreon supporters, which is very exciting, and I hope you will join their ranks. I love you. A better world is possible.